question that's been on my heart for the last three weeks, I would say, and I would like bring it up to Dylan. And I want to bring it up to you guys. And I just want to say that I'm not saying this from a place of like pointing at people and there's no condemnation, <laughs> condemnation in it. It's more a, a hunger, if that makes sense. And the question that's been coming up in my heart is, why do I call myself a Christian, a believer, a follower of Jesus? And I know for myself, when back in the day, if someone asked me that, I'm like, I've just always been a Christian. Like, that would be my answer. And when I thought about, like, saying this, you guys, I guess you can sit down. Dylan is leading the way. But, uh, but I just thought, like, I don't want to put words into people's minds of what the right answer is. Because right now, maybe you feel like, okay, yes, I did grow up in a Christian family. And we did go to church. And that's kind of why I'm at church right now. And, but I don't really know exactly why. But I guess um, it's an invitation to find that answer in your heart because I also felt in pre-service prayer that like uh, purpose is lacking. People are lacking purpose uh, in the everyday life. Like we can come together on a Sunday and it's awesome and we feel so stirred up and we're together with people that stir us up. And then throughout the week, it's like all those mundane things become very like, I've felt it multiple times. I'm like, why do I change diaper? Like, Lord, show me my purpose, you know? Like that, and like that thought will like come into your mind. And like, again, I'm not gonna put the answer in your mind. Like you need to find the answer in your heart yourself. And that's one of the reasons why we're here to like, to see why Jesus paid such a high price for us to know him. I was just thinking about like, it started in the garden and it ended in the garden. Like Jesus or Adam and Eve was in the garden and they had full access to the father. Like there was nothing separating them. And then there was a bunch of stuff separating them. And then Jesus, before he went on the cross, he went back to the garden. And then he gave his life so that what was in the garden could be ours again. So that intimacy and that's like knowing him. Now I'm putting the answer in your mind, but take it and be uh, encouraged. It's an invitation. Think like today, just keep that question in your mind. Like, why do I call myself a Christian? Like, what does that mean to me? And then the answer might change throughout the week. And that's good. Like, and the answer might change in some ways throughout the years where like the seasons you're in but the source the person is always the same but that's what I kind of just wanted to invite you guys into uh, and I hope nobody feels condemned thinking about that question because that's not my heart at all but yeah I think that's what I wanted to share I'm a table guy do you guys want to greet one another as we get started here? <clears throat> oh, 
I've never heard. Yeah, I didn't hear it. He didn't tell me. So welcome to Jesus Church. Um, my name is Dylan. For those of you who I haven't met, um, you say hi, Dylan. Oh, that used to be other question. Judy, can you step out, please? <laughs> Who's our ushers? Can we get Judy out of here? <laughs> Who's my head usher? Mike, get him out. Get her out of here. Um, I'm gonna have Dina share something that she wants to share that Evan talked to her about. So. You want to, you want to, you're going to have to share it with a microphone. Yes, you're going to have to if you want to share it. <clears throat> well, Dylan doesn't even know this yet, and I thought it was really cool, but years ago, Dylan started a group in Colorado called Enlarge, hmm. and Evan has been hosting it the last couple, about year and a half. So he told me um, he's been kind of concerned about the neighbors because they've grown so much, and um, they get really loud during worship service. Well, Friday night, they got a knock on the door from two police officers. The whole, they had over 27 cars up and down the road. And um, the police officers, some of them were parked illegally. And when they seen what was going on, they specifically told them, well, since you're not having a rave <laughs> and you're having Bible study, We'll let it go this time. But if you guys were having a rave, we'd be ticketing every one of you that are parked illegally. <laughs> so um, Evan decided I'm going to go to more of my neighbors. Yeah. And I'm going to get back a hold of the police officers. And I'm going to get with the church right down the road to see if we can use their parking lots on Sundays. But I just thought it was awesome to think of a, the seed that you planted mm -hmm. years ago. And he said they had over 30 people in his house. Yeah, that's cool. And they're still growing. Yeah. So good that they're attracting the police officers <laughs> in town now. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, Jared and a couple of our friends and, and myself, we were, when we were in Bible college, we just had a little group that, I don't even know, what we, were, we were just in our garage worshiping the Lord and, um, then we just, people wanted to come, and we just told them, like, hey, you can come. Like, if you don't come, we're still going to be be here on a Friday night, so you're welcome to. And uh, it's super cool to see how it's grown, too. I mean, how many years ago was that? No way. How long? It was 2017, probably. So, what is it, 22? Yeah, there you go, five years. Good, good call, Tyler. <coughs> Ty was there, too. A little bit later, though. Ty shows up. This is funny. This is the first time we met Tyler. So, because Tyler was my best friend before he married Taya. Or, yeah, Taya. Before he, <laughs> golly. Before, before he married Cassidy, my sister. Um, so, like, Tyler comes. He's new to school. He came halfway through the year. Like, sometimes you can, there's like a, I don't even know what you guys would, halfway mark that you could come in. And then he went to, like, he went later than we did into the summer and stuff. Um. Yeah, he came halfway through the semester. So this guy, first day, this guy just meets Tyler, and this this older guy that was like greeting people at the door. He just brought him over. He's like, "Hey, this dude reminds me of you guys. Would you would you you know kind of take him under your wing?" And I'm like, "All right." Like, so we met him, talked to him, and we're like, "Hey, we have this group you can come to on on Friday night." So we're at my buddy Paul's house. Ty comes right off the bat, like we're in worship. He's just like, "Hey, I got something to share." I'm like, "You're new. You don't get to share." Like. <laughs> Like, we don't even know you. You don't get to share. 
but he did, and it was super good. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good, and then we became good friends, and the rest is history. Um, so yeah, it's a cool, we're, uh, so we're going to do baptisms at the end of service, which is going to be awesome. Um, one planned and open to anyone else who wants to be baptized. Uh, I was just thinking, like, we'll have somebody come up and play I Surrender All and just keep playing as long as, as, long as we have to. No, I'm just playing. Uh, but yeah, it, it's funny because we've, we've been talking about righteousness and we've been talking about what it means to be righteous and, and the gift that God gives us in righteousness because righteousness is the gospel. It's the revelation of the righteousness that's given by God, the righteousness of God. Um, can somebody give me a, just a simple but concise definition of righteousness? Not the usual suspects. Right standing with the Father, right? So what Jesus gave you was the ability to be right in the sight of God. That's awesome, right? Romans says that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. And I was just sitting up here, I'm like, man, Lord, let us not become, I mean, myself, I'm like, let me not become numb and um, like dis or familiar with the message of the gospel and the message of the cross. Let me not just become familiar and be able to share about it, talk about it, sing about it, read about it, and let it not impact my heart. Don't ever let that be me, Jesus. You understand? Like, I don't ever want to be somebody that's not burning with the desire and the passion for more of Jesus because of what he's done for me. Does that make sense? It's something that I'm, like, really stirred in is because it's so easy, especially when we, when we, we give ourselves to the to, to, to study, we give ourselves to understanding, we, we hang out with Christian people, we hang out with friends, we get in community, we're in Bible studies and worship services that we just sing all the time that death can't hold you. And then that we sing just, hey, take me into your throne room and all these things that we sing, but we don't realize that like what righteousness did and what the blood of Jesus did is it brought you into the throne room of God that you can stand before him with confidence. You understand that? Like the blood of Jesus gave you a place to where you could come and stand before the Lord, the Lord, the holy, almighty Lord, righteous. That's what the gospel does. And it's funny because like Jared shared a, 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 a word he felt from the Lord in pre-service prayer. It says, how did you share that? If there's forgiveness, there's intimacy. So if, the Lord, if there's always forgiveness for you, then you will always have a place to be intimate with the Lord. Because there's always forgiveness for you, right? In the person of Jesus, God forgave you of everything that you've ever done, past, present, and future sins. That's awesome. You understand that? He looked at your life completely. How many know that none of you guys were born when Jesus died? Newsflash. Some of y'all. Think about that. None of you guys were even, you weren't even close to being born, right? <laughs> so none of you were born. So that means the Lord looked ahead at your entire life your entire life. He looked ahead at your entire life on the day that, he, that Jesus was crucified. The father looked at your entire life and said, I'm forgiving everything that Adria is ever gonna do in her entire life in the person of Jesus. Does that make sense? That's what righteousness did. So it forgave you of everything that you've ever done so that when you received him, 
that forgiveness was given to you so that you could be intimate and have a relationship with Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's confidence because you're knowing that, okay, no matter where I'm at, no matter what happens, I'm always going to be his and he's always going to be mine. And I'm going to be able to face every situation and every trial, every problem. I'm going to be able to face it with confidence because I'm forgiven already. That's awesome. Let us not become just, just numb to that. Let us not just become familiar with that truth. Right? It's so funny because every time that I'm like, all right, Father, it's time, it's, it's time to spend time in worship. And I'm like, all right, if I'm ever struggling to connect in worship, it's because my eyes are on something other than him. It's because I've forgotten somewhere what he's done. If we want to just spur our worship moments on, we need to just think about, man, you died for me and you forgave me of everything I've ever done. You've made me a new person forever. Right? And we will worship entirely and, ab and ab absolutely amazingly. But we can't be people that don't live with that conviction and that burning in our hearts. There's a story in the Old Testament, it's funny, where they set up the altar for the Lord, and the Lord lights this fire on the altar, and then he says it's, it's the priest's job to keep the fire going, but the Lord was the one that started it. And it's just, a, it's a perfect Old Testament picture of what we as New Testament believers, as somebody that's in relationship with God, that God comes and reveals himself to you in the person of Jesus, in the sweet gospel of Jesus, and he lights a fire in you, but it's your job to continue to kindle it. No one's going to make you worship Jesus. No one's going to make you give yourself to him. No one's going to make you focus your heart on him. Nobody. It's so crazy to me. Like, the Lord really, the Lord has just really been, like, convicting me on it. It's like, Jesus talks about it in Mark chapter 4 with the parable of the sower. And he says, the, for, for time's sake, I'm not going to read it. But he says, the sower sows the word, and there's all these different types of ground, which he's talking about the heart. And one of the grounds is the thorny ground. And he's saying that when the seed is sown, it grows up, but the thorns choke it out. And he says, these are the three thorns. He says, the deceitfulness of riches. What are they? Lust for other things. Cares of the world, right? Cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, lust for other things, or desires for other things. And the Lord just spoke this one thing to me. He goes, Dylan, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times what keeps a lot of times what keeps people from experiencing the fullness of God is just a desire for other things. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. And I saw it so clearly in my life. I was like, holy cow, Lord. Because it does not say a desire for terrible things. You understand that? It says a desire for other things. Can be good things. That's crazy to me. Something that can choke the word of God in your life is just a desire for other things that aren't the word of God, that aren't the truth. You ever notice that when you're going to spend time with the word or spend time with the Lord, that it's really easy for you to be on Facebook or Instagram? Right? Myself included. The Lord was showing me this. He's like, Dylan, like, there's, it's not wrong for you to enjoy hunting or enjoy hobbies or whatever. He's like... But when you, des when you give yourself to a desire of other things that elevates itself above the desire for me, it's choking the word in your life. Right? The Lord wants you to enjoy things. The Lord wants you to enjoy life and enjoy family, enjoy all these things. But when we elevate them above and we let them have a place in our hearts that they shouldn't, it starts to choke the word. And you can see it very clearly if you've been in it. Right? Because you'll... you'll 
you'll desire the word, you'll desire the Lord, you'll desire time with him, all these things, but you're desiring something more. You're desiring other things more, not bad things. Right? We have to watch against that. And that's what I'm saying is only you can be the person that stewards your own heart well. Right? The sower sows the word. But it's up to the person to make sure that their heart is, is, is able to receive it and make sure that they cherish it. Does that make sense? My job is to sow the word. And I wish, I wish, I wish I could just make you and everybody I encounter just to cherish it and to take it and to receive it. Right? Like Taya was saying that what does it mean to be a Christian? It, 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 can I give him an answer? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but unless you have a relationship with a person called Jesus, then I can share truth all day long. But unless you're taking that and cherishing it and letting it take you to a place to where you're encountering the word that became flesh that we just sang about, then it's not going to produce any fruit in your life. Because you can hear it. In that parable, it says they hear it with gladness and they receive it with gladness. But then when problems come, when all these other things come against the word, you understand that this is what we have to realize is what is happening is coming against the truth. Right? When you spend time with the Lord and like it's easy for you and there's like, oh, there's all these people are texting you, all this stuff, it's coming against the word. We just don't see it like that. Like you're in a pretty serious war, you just don't realize it. And the enemy is super subtle at it. Right? When, when, when we spend time to give ourselves to an understanding of, of, of righteousness, for, for example, there's going to be so many things that come against to test that righteousness in your life. Because the enemy is coming for the word. He's not coming against you. He's coming against the word. Because he doesn't want you to take it. And he doesn't want you to receive it. And he doesn't want it to produce the harvest. Right? If you're a farmer and the only way that somebody wants to come out and, and stop you from receiving the fullness of your crop, the easiest way is just to pick the seed out of the ground before, it's, before it takes root. Right? He's not going to wait for, the, for all the corn to pull up and then try to pull them all up. Does that make sense? So he's trying to come and steal the word before it ever takes root. So realize that. Realize that when you pursue something, when you're here and you're sincerely like, man, Lord, I really want to know this, that the opposition that you're facing and the pro like, I remember when I was in Bible college, I started to realize it, like, I would be like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink my coffee and read the Bible this morning and this and that. And it was like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want this. All that. And I was starting to realize, I'm like, oh, this is just trying to keep me from that. Because at first I thought it was just normal. It's like, this is what we always have to go through. But when you realize that it's an opposition, then you're more prepared to fight against it. Right? But if you don't realize that it's opposition, you're just kind of like, why, is this why am I experiencing all these problems? Or why, am I, why is it always like this? Right? We have to be people that like, you understand, to follow Jesus, it was not easy for the people to follow Jesus. They had to, they had to give up things. They had to walk, they had to go for things. Or they had to give up things so that they could get things. Does that make sense? When Jesus said, follow me, to his disciples, they walked away from things. Not bad things. I mean, I'm sure they walked away from some bad things. But they walked away from things. So as a disciple of Jesus, it's not just... Like I said last week, I'm not going to be the pastor that tells you it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's super sweet because you're walking with the sun. Right? <laughs> but it's just so good to me. I'm like, 
Like, it's not even just that we're, we experience problems just because we're Christians. You're just living in, wor- in the world, so you're going to experience problems. Right? For, for people to think that, that life isn't hard, I mean, we're just living in a dream world. Let alone if you're a believer and you're trying to stand for something in truth, right? And you have a demonic influence that's trying to get you to not stand for it. Double hard. So that means that Jesus must actually believe that his relationship with you and the fullness that you can get from his relationship can sustain you in every problem. He must believe that, right? Jesus must believe that he can take somebody, teach them who he is, and walk with them and train them in such a way that they start to think like him, that where problems don't matter because they understand and they see something clearly. Does that make sense? Right, like everything that we have in the gospel is going, is everything that we believe about the Lord, everything in, in righteousness and all these things that we think are awesome, awesome stories and awesome truths that we understand and we read and we put on our refrigerator, are, the enemy is coming to attack all those things. Right, just us singing, man, Father, I'm thankful that I'm forgiven of everything that I've ever done. You understand that thing, that truth right there is going to be attacked all day long forever in your mind. Are you really forgiven of everything that you've ever done? Right? You just, you just get missed and almost die in a car crash, you're going to go, holy cow. When you, that thought's going to go through your head really quickly. Am I, when I stand before the Lord, is he actually going to say that I'm forgiven? Or am I just kind of, understand that? That stuff happens all the time because the enemy is trying to sow doubt to make sure that you're not, your foundation is not firm. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, for the podcast, I don't know what your question is, but I'll just, I'll just preach from there. <clears throat> um, no, I know what your question is. I see what you're saying. That's what the Lord wants to establish in your life. He wants to establish identity in such a way that the storms will come regardless, but they're not going to affect you, right? That's what he's trying to establish. He's trying to establish in truth and relationship with him that you believe what he says and who he is, that to where it doesn't matter whether they come or not come. You understand? Because this is, like I say, we're always, what we think is we're saying, okay, I'm going to understand righteousness to such a place to where I'm never going to doubt my righteousness. That's not, your, that's not your goal. Your goal is to never give in to those doubts. Because it, you understand, listen, Jesus is the son of God. Do we, do we, how many people agree with that? Right? Jesus is the son of God. The Father speaks from heaven that he is the Son of God, right? From heaven. He was baptized and everybody heard it. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. The rest of Jesus' life, every time that there was ever a temptation or anything, people questioned that one truth. He's hanging on the cross and they're saying, if you are the Son of God, take yourself off the cross. To the very last moment, the dude's beating, battered, bloody. Doesn't it, the, the Bible says that Jesus was not... He was, he was marred beyond any human recognition. You understand that? So he was beaten. It. He literally did not look anything like a human being hanging on the cross. And the people are shouting, if you're the son of God, then why don't you take yourself off the cross? So Jesus realized, I'm sure he realized because he's hanging there and didn't take himself off the cross. 
he realized that he doesn't have to prove, it wasn't whether you say it or not. He, he knows it, right? It doesn't matter if you affirm him or you don't affirm him. It doesn't matter if he hears it or he doesn't hear it. It doesn't matter if the lies are coming or the people are saying it. It doesn't matter because he knows who he is. Does that make sense? That's what, that's what God wants to establish in you. To where it's not whether or not you're going to go through trials because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's, it's, it's like, no, right now I'm secure, so it doesn't really matter whether I walk through it or I don't walk through it. It doesn't matter if the fire comes or the fire doesn't come. It doesn't matter if the storm comes or it doesn't come. I'm secure in who I am. That's what Jesus wants you to walk in. And that's why it's a difference between you believing in Jesus and actually walking with him in relationship and then just saying, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. Does that make sense? Because you're going to walk through it. That's the problem is we think that some people that <laughs> Jesus comes into, look at Luke chapter 9. Does that answer your question? So key. Who's that baby? Get that baby out of here. I'm just kidding. Stacy's baby always screams, and my baby's always like, why are you so loud? I'm like, you're about to, because Taya's pregnant, I'm like, you're about to find out that it's about to get a lot louder for you, buddy. Because our house is very quiet, so Valor doesn't, like, Valor hardly ever says anything. He's just very, he gets into everything, but he doesn't say anything. But super funny. <clears throat> Luke chapter 9, verse 23. I think it's a key verse for us to understand because we're about to baptize Jojo, right? And, yeah, <laughs> Michelle's clapping in the back. She's happy. So we're about to baptize Jojo. But if you don't understand, and this is why it's so important, why do we baptize people? Think about that. Why is baptism a thing in the gospel? So the old man is gone. Jesus wants you to see that you're dead and that now you're alive. He wants you to recognize that, man, Jesus, Jesus died and death couldn't hold him and, and, and he rose again. He wants you to see that same thing, that sin can't hold you and that you died and now you're free. That's what he wants you to see. That's why he, it's, it's so crazy because the Lord could just say, believe in me. And all these things will happen. And they do in a moment. But he wants you to recognize that, okay, I'm about to put somebody under the water to where they have a place in time where they're like, yes, I want you, Jesus. And they're like, on that day, I gave myself to him and he died. And, or I died. And I died with him and I rose with him and now I can live with him. To where you identify that your old man is dead and you identify always that there's a new man here. That's what Jesus wants you to see. I always thought about this. This is a crazy. Where would they where would they baptize people in the old or in in Jesus's time? Right in the river where we baptize on hill with the skeeters. <coughs> they were bad too. <laughs> they were bad. Somebody wore a skeeter net. Was it who was that? Didn't somebody wear a skeeter head net? John, did you wear a skeeter head net? I was about to say. <laughs> John's like, I might look dumb now, but I'm not going to be dumb later. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, somebody, I was like thinking, I'm like, that's a good call. I'm sitting there like swatting them. 
This is so funny. But they baptized them in the river. Where would people um, bathe or shower in the Old Testament or in Jesus' time? In the river. They're saying Jesus wanted them to see something that every time that they came probably to the same river, because it's in the same town by the river, they would recognize and identify, man, I died in this water every single time. Because they're realizing that, man, the sins that I committed, the person that I was, the mistakes that I made, everything that sin created me to be died in this water every single day. Right? So when they come back out after, after their whatever they took their shower and they rinsed their, their shampoo out of their hair, they came out of the water and they were just like, I'm clean, I'm free, I'm new, I'm his, he's mine, I get to walk with him, I have new life every single day. That's awesome. Does that make sense? That's why Jesus, because he wanted them to see, he's like, the person that you were, the, the sinner that you were, because we were all sinners, the sinner that you were is dead and gone and he washed down the river somewhere. And the new man is here. That's freedom. Because every day, right, there's so many times where I'll have, and this is what I'm saying with Adria's question, is there's so many times where I'll have a thought come through my head. I'll have a, a, a whatever, a memory from the past or even just a temptation or a thought process from the past, right, to where you're just like, it's trying to get you to think the same way. I just literally, I just like, man, Lord, I'm thankful that that dude is dead. Because it's so easy to be like, man, what, why am I thinking this? Why am I, all that stuff. I just be like, that dude is dead and gone, and I just move on. And I'm just thankful because truth will come and identity will come and fight my battle. And that's what I'm saying to Adria is that's what's fighting me. That, or that's what's fighting for me all the time is an identity, a truth, because I've given myself to that understanding. But if we don't, if we don't understand that when we come in, right, if JoJo doesn't understand that, then she's going to have the same mentality, the same temptation, the same thought that comes from when she was whatever, because of sin, because of mistakes, because of failure, whatever, because of what sin taught her. And it's going to come and it's going to try to tell her that she's not new. She's not free. She's not changed. But the whole time, her heart's hurting and she wishes that she was if she doesn't understand. That's why it's so important to understand. It's so important to understand. Right? And that's why we baptize people. That's why they understand when they get in the water. That's why I don't have to ask them. I'm not going to ask Jojo, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Do you confess Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Because why would she be in the water if she doesn't? Because it's not just a religious ritual that we're doing. Does that make sense? Baptism is not just something that we do because that's the next step. Because now we're part of a church and we came a member. Now we need to get baptized and eventually we're going to have to dedicate our kids. And then we'll maybe be a deacon. And what are we even talking about? They're saying you're in the water because you're like, it, it, why would you be in the water if you don't believe that he died and rose again? Because that's your identification with him. You're identifying with his death and burial and resurrection. Why would you be in the water if you're not, if you don't believe it? Right? She knows that. I made sure of it. It's so funny because like the people that, people that get baptized or want to be baptized, I like kind of drag them along a little. Didn't I? When did you tell me you wanted to be baptized? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm just like, I want to see. Like, I want people to grow in it. I want them to understand because I was somebody that just got baptized because that was what you did. And I lived a lot of my life addicted to sin and a slave to sin, not realizing I was free from sin because of it, right? And I don't want people to understand that. I don't want people to live like that. I want them to see that, that being dead to sin and alive to God is what we, what we receive when we believe in Jesus. 
right? When we receive righteousness, I want them to see that their nature became brand new and they're not somebody that's a slave to sin anymore. They're not somebody that, was, that is a sinner. They're actually saved by grace. That's freedom, man, freedom. Did I tell you Luke chapter 9? So Luke chapter 9, verse 23. <clears throat> it says, then he said to them all, If, man, <clears throat> if, what? Anybody. So not just the select few that Jesus chose. <clears throat> not, just the, not just the elect that God pre, preordained for, to be saved. Not just the people that God dreamt out and then to be, to be one with him and be saved and then the rest of them aren't. If anyone desires man we should see that right there should be a desire to come after him right we have to keep that desire in our heart we have to be somebody that keeps that pursuit in our heart like i'm saying right i always question that i like in my own life if i'm sitting there i'm like man lord I don't feel as tender to you. I don't feel as hungry for you. I don't, I'm like, there's something that's missing. I need to, I need to, I just need to go away. You know what I'm saying? I just need to stop what I'm doing. I need to give, like, give it all up because I need to make sure that I'm, I'm hungry and pursuing him, right? I don't want to just sit there and be like, yeah, I've heard that message a hundred times. I've heard somebody say that a hundred times. I want it to be fresh. And I want to sit there and be like, man, I want, I want it to, I want to cherish that word even if I've heard that, that person or that somebody say that a hundred times, I want to cherish it, right? I want to be somebody that desires him. Because how am I ever going to get you guys to desire him if I'm not somebody that desires him, right? So if anyone desires to come after me, let him, what? Deny who? Because you're, you're, you're your biggest problem in the world. You know that? Not the devil. It's not the president. It's not Russia. It's you. You're the problem. You, every man thinking for himself. Did you just get me another water? Dude, I thought about it. I'm like, I should ask somebody to get me another water. But then the Holy Spirit told you. And you got up. Two times, though, this, this so me and Taylor went to Traverse City for a couple of weeks, or a couple, couple days this week. And, uh, you know, that like, we got an Airbnb and they give you, like, the code to get in. Both our phones die. And uh, we get there and I'm like, holy, it was like day two. So I only opened the door, like, twice, once or twice. And I told Taya, like, my phone, or it was on my phone, and my, like, whatever. My phone ha won't charge. It's ridiculous. I got some, like, dirt up in there or something. So I have to have one of those chargers that lays down flat. So I didn't have that charger, and it wouldn't charge, and I was frustrated. So I'm like, dang, my, I'm like, my phone's dead. Valor literally, like, needs to sleep, and we need to eat. And I'm like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I can't, I don't know who this lady is. I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, what's the number? First try, boom, nails it, open the door. I was like, that's awesome right there. <laughs> so I was like, did you just open that? I'm like, I literally, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I knew the one, the first one was six because I could see that the dust was off of it, but I couldn't see the rest of them. I was like, son of a gun. So that was awesome. So that's been, that's multiple times this week. I've asked the Holy Spirit for help. 
Um, so good job, Simon. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily, 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 and follow me because you're a follower of Jesus. Let him deny himself because everything that you were taught and trained by in sin needs to be denied so that you can follow him. Right? Your, the mindsets, the mentalities, the nature the temptations, the draw, everything that sin created and taught you has to be denied so that you can follow him. That's, what, that's, that's our goal. You understand that this is what we have to see is to follow Jesus, we have to die so that we can live. You ever hear Jesus say that? He says, if, any, or if anyone wants to find their life, they have to lose it for my sake. Anyone that loses it for my sake will gain it. Because in the gospel, is death to life. It's death to sin, alive to righteousness. It's dying to your old self so that you can live for him. It's dying to your old self so that you can live through him. You have a question? Oh, you just got to stretch? Man, Ty, you're like 0 for 6 today, dude. Tyler's done that to me already five times a day, like... But that's why water baptism is so key. It's because old Jojo needs to be washed away and dead, buried, long and never to be rose from the dead ever again. And then new Jojo needs to follow him, needs to pick up their cross and follow him. You understand? What does it mean to pick up your cross and follow Jesus? Why would Jesus use that term? Think about it. What does the cross represent? What does Jesus' cross represent? His death. The defeat of sin. What? Punishment. All of those things unjustly. Right? What Jesus, what Jesus was crucified on the cross, he didn't deserve at all. Right? What Jesus is saying is he's saying you need to deny yourself. Pick up what you've accomplished in my burial, death and burial and resurrection, and now walk through this life in the midst of all these problems that are always coming against you, that are coming unjustly against you, and continue to just follow me as I'm walking. Right? Jesus is trying to get you to think like him, saying lay your life down every day. Every day lay your life down because it's not about you, it's about him. Because we're supposed to, when it becomes a, yes. Oh, you're just preaching? Or you're like amening back there? You're like this? Go give this to Michelle. No, wait. I think that what you just said, like, answers Adria's question really well. Because I don't think I ever realized, I never thought about the daily taking up your cross. Let me think how to say this. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because I think, so I'll speak for me, like the enemy likes to make me feel like it should be a one and done thing. Mm -hmm. And if I ever have to struggle with the same feelings again, then I somehow didn't get it. And my identity hasn't really been changed. And I need to like 
start over somehow. Yeah. As a, and I just heard, like, literally hundreds of times I've probably read the verse, like, daily, you know, take up your cross and deny yourself. Probably whatever, many, many times over the decades that I've been a believer. And it never, it just sunk into my spirit. Like, it's an everyday thing. So it's not a one and done. It's not, a, it's not perfection. Right. Because somebody says something and it hurts me and it wounds me and I have to choose to not take offense, to forgive, I have felt like subtly, like the way you say the enemy subtly makes you feel like, you don't, you're not really authentic, are you? Because you shouldn't, like as soon as they say that, it should just flop right off of you. Like you should never even get past the outer gate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it got in and it hurt and you felt bad about it and then you felt sorry and then for yourself and then you got mad at them and here you are. You're not really, if your identity was secure, you wouldn't have had to go through that. But that's such a lie. Mm -hmm. I see Adrian needs to say something, <laughs> but that's such a lie. It's every day take up your cross, right. every day. Like with JoJo getting baptized today, it's not like the enemy isn't going to come with the same thing. And if you, even Jesus saying on the cross, like when you were talking about that, I was thinking, did he feel emotion? Did he feel mm. sad? Did he feel like he said, Father, Lord, like why have you forsaken me? Was the truth that the Lord had really forsaken him? Not really, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was a bigger plan that was coming to pass, and he was in the middle of it. I don't know. Just talk about that. That's exactly what you were thinking. I was like, yeah, you did answer my question. You answered the question that I asked, <coughs> but I don't know what I need to know. And so I've just been... Um, sitting here working it out with the Lord and he showed me like what I've been hearing is yeah but if you really believe that then you this wouldn't affect you right. or like you wouldn't this wouldn't even right enter the outer gate like Michelle said yeah. I didn't think that way but exactly exactly like that yeah. so that's great and that's what you were saying and that's what I think is super key like Michelle said is what we think is oh I got baptized and I should be done with all this stuff Right? Oh, I received Jesus. I should be. I should be done with all this. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't deal with that again. Oh, the Lord spoke to me and gave me a, com a completely tr like sh straight truth on the subject. I should just be done with it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't doubt that anymore. The Lord taught me that. You know, He came through for me when I needed Him most. Right? In my finances, absolute miracle. Somebody just showed up. Don't know who they are. Gave me a bunch of money. Right? Drove all across the country. The next time you have a bill. You think that you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. No, you still trip about it, right? We make it simple like that, but, like, the same thing is what the Lord does, and this is what I'm saying, is because it's a relationship with Jesus, it's not about going to heaven one day. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Eternal life is not going to heaven because what we think is I'm done, eventually I'm going to go. It's a living relationship with Jesus to where he'll teach you something, He'll show you a truth so that when the storms come, you've already, you're building your life on that truth because he knows that it's going to continue to come against that truth. Like I said, Jesus is the son of God. It's always going to come against that truth. But the word that God spoke to Jesus is what sustained him in the wilderness, what sustained him on the cross. 
Does that make sense? That's why Jesus is saying, give me this day my daily bread. Because he's saying, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. So when he gives you a word, when he shares something with you, when you're reading the Bible, you're like, that's exactly what I needed today. He's giving you that so that you can walk through the trial. He's giving you that so that you can continue to walk through it. Does that make sense? So that when the storm comes, you're building your, your, your house on that foundation to where it'll stand. Because what we think is we're like, like, man, has anyone had just a time in worship where the Lord just like revealed something to me, to you, and you're just sitting here, you're just like weeping, you're like, holy cow, how did I never see this? And then like the next morning, the same thought comes, and it like feels like it like hits you the same way it did the morning before. So what we do, this is what we do, is now we're like, okay, well, let's go back, we'll turn on the same song, we'll get in the same situation, and we'll hopefully the Lord will share something different with us to where, because we must not be free. You're already free. I already said this last week. You are free. The word he spoke to you then is the same word that he wants to speak to you now. It doesn't change. He didn't change his mind just because you have a feeling that changed. Just because you have a mentality that might be different. Just because you had something come in the same way with the same feeling, with the same opposition, that same truth, what he did when you were crying is the same truth. What's crazy is that truth was actually the same truth before you were in that moment crying, right? He just revealed it to you, and you saw it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, right? Man, this is really good preaching because this is freedom for you guys. We have to see that, guys. And that's what I'm saying is the identity of who we are in righteousness will fight the battles for you. But you have to continue in that and desire that and steward that well in your heart, if you don't steward it well, you're not going to be able to, to handle the opposition that comes because you're not stewarding that truth. Does that make sense? You understand what a steward means, right? You're not, you're not gardening that garden. So the weeds are growing, but you're not being a gardener well. Right? We're not, we're not out there tending the garden and making sure, okay, am, am I desiring other things? Am I, list, am I believing this lie right here? Then where's the truth at? I need to plant the right seed in this area because I feel like I'm, I'm doubting whether I'm really loved by God. I'm doubting this. But like, I know it's true, but I'm doubting it. So like, why am I doubting it? Because there's something coming against it. So I need to build up. I need to make sure that this plant right here is, is being nourished and, and cherished in, this, in, the, in the garden of my heart. Does that make sense? That's what we have to do. We have to live our lives like that. We have to stay in that place. Is there any questions on that? You, you want to come preach? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. Where's my mic? Yes, Michelle. We all need to hear what you have to say. We do, though. What does the Father think about me when I'm doubting his love? Mm. What does he think about when I'm no better, so to speak, but I'm feeling really sad because I'm thinking about what's happening? What does he think about me? Is he, are emotions good, bad? Are they right? Are they wrong? And I point. know that, it, and you, you speak into this, but it's like mm -hmm. Jared and I had an opportunity to talk the other night. And so this last week of my life has been like, just like hands down, the worst one ever in my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of old. And uh, <laughs> like, 
I felt like the most intense spiritual warfare that I've ever felt. Like, I was, in a nutshell, just telling Jared, like, it felt like I just, I don't know, like, I just wanted everything, good, bad, and otherwise, to just go away. Like, mm-hmm. I just wanted everything to be over. It would just hurt so bad inside mm-hmm. of me. And the regret and the remembering and the enemy was relentless. But what you just said in a minute ago, there was this part of my, not my spirit really, but more my mind, you know what I mean? The battlefield's in your mind. And I was like, I know that's wrong. I know that's not the truth. I know what the truth is. I know that it's about the kingdom. And the emotions would come over me and the anger and the regret and the blaming myself and the blaming someone else and this and then all these things all over again. And I'd be like, I just feel like I'm going to be sick to my stomach and I want to just do whatever crazy. And I'd be like, and there's something in the back of my head though that says, I'm de- I'm deceived right now. I'm seeing something wrong. And I, what would we do without truth? Mm-hmm. Like what would pull you back from the edge if I didn't in the Nothing. bottom of my stomach way down there just say, this is wrong. This is not the truth. This isn't the real picture. This mm-hmm. is a mirage, what I'm seeing right now. Because right. the enemy's showing me a million horrific scenarios that are going to happen to my loved one that I'm afraid for. Mm-hmm. This is, and I'm not saying that some bad things might not happen, you know, or some hard or painful things might not happen. But what's the truth at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. He has the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. His kingdom is going to come and his will is going to be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all, it's about looking at other people. It's like, I would hear those truths just, even though there wasn't a whole lot of emotion attached to them or like, woohoo, like, this is great. Let's go out and do, like, I was like, I know this is the truth and I refuse yeah. to fall away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, and that's what I think, look at John chapter 14. I remember Tyler said this to me, and this changed my life forever. What we think, (coughs) what we think, and kind of what Adria was saying is, we think we're going to outgrow our need for the Father eventually. We might not say it like that. But we think we'll get to the place to where things won't bother us and we won't need him. Does that make sense? You understand, Jesus never outgrew his need for the Father. He never outgrew his need for the Holy Spirit. He never outgrew that. Like Jesus experienced all the things that we experience and he never outgrew his need to come and be with the Lord and have him, have him teach him, have him comfort him, have him show him what to do. He never outgrew that. Right? And, we're, and we don't really know things like Jesus knows things. I'll speak for myself. Right? I don't see everything like Jesus sees everything. And he never outgrew his need for the Father. And that's why it's so key and so, and so important to understand that the truth that we have and we walk in is an ongoing truth of relationship with him. Right? The truth that we have is not just, a, I spoke it, now you guys are good. Right? Jesus... The father is not sitting on his, on his lazy boy and you just came and asked him a question. He just gave you the answer. And now he says, go back out and play. That's what we think. Well, I, and then he comes back and you're like, hey, I, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with the same thing. I already gave you the answer. Why are you, why are you struggling with it? That's what we think. Like, he's a lot better father than that. 
right? He said, I already told you what to do. Why are you not doing it? That's the way that we think. We think that we come to the Father with the same problem or the same issue and we need the same help. And he's not super gracious and already there in the situation helping you. And you just might not see it. But we think we come to him in the lazy boy and he's just like sitting there drinking a beer and eating popcorn. And then just like, I already told you what to do. Go on out. Right? <laughs> that's my picture. Like, Jesus is not like that. <laughs> but, that's, but if we, don't, we won't say it like that. Right? I'm trying to make it harsh for you guys. We don't say it like that, but that's what we think. Right? We, we open the door and we're like, hey, Lord, I'm here again struggling with the same thing. And he's just like, why? That's what we think. Why? I already told you the truth. I already told you the answer. That's not how he is. <laughs> look, at, look at John chapter 14, verse. Is this helping anybody? John chapter 14, verse. Here's what I found. Stinking Siri. devil. <clears throat> Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another what? There's so many different words the Lord uses for the Holy Spirit right there, but in my Bible it says helper, implying that you're going to need help. Right, he knew that. Same, plain and simple, you're going to need help. And the Holy Spirit, the relationship with the Holy Spirit is how you receive help or comfort. What's some other words that you stand in, right? Because you're needing somebody to stand in for you. Anything else? Advocate. You're going to need somebody to advocate for you. These are all not, this is not where it's like, hey, you're going super awesome and you don't need anything. So the Holy Spirit's there to help you when you got it all handled. The Holy Spirit's there to advocate for you when you know what to say. The Holy Spirit's there to stand in for you when you pretty much are good. He's just backing you up, right? He's playing second string just in case you don't know what you're doing. That's not how it works, right? He is your helper. He is your comforter. He is your friend. He's the one that's there for you at all, at all times. That's why it's a relationship with Holy Spirit is so, so important in the Christian life because it's a relationship with the person of God, and we use the Holy Spirit to have a relationship with the triune person of God in the whole trinity. Jesus is your helper. The Father is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. We use him and we walk with him. But I want us to see this right here. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he, because he's a person, he may abide or stay with you how many times? Forever. So in any situation, like we're saying, it's not a, hey, I already showed you the answer, now you're good. No, in every situation, he's there to help you and abide you. Or he's, he's there to help you when you abide with him, when you're with him, when you turn to him, right? In the midst of what Michelle's saying, Holy Spirit's back there like, this is not true. That's what he's saying. What's crazy to me is the Holy Spirit does that to people that don't really know him or are saved. We think that, like, it's just like, oh, that was my intuition or that was, like, my subconscious. Like, you can, some people are probably... Before you knew the Lord, you were probably in the midst of a lot of problems and, and causing a lot of problems. And you lay your head on your pillow at night and the Lord's like, you might not realize it, but you just have a thought that's like, it doesn't have to always be like this. Has anyone ever thought like that before they knew the Lord? It's like, maybe it doesn't have to be like this. And it was the Holy Spirit's drawing you. Like, 
we have to realize without the Holy Spirit, without the Spirit of God him, and him using the Spirit of God in the world, the world would look a lot more like hell. People would literally be blind and going straight off cliffs. There's so many things, evil, demonic, absolute atrocities in the world that don't happen because the Lord has been, does his absolute best to keep people from doing them, even when they don't know him. You understand that? There's a lot more things that, that the Lord is just trying not to get people to, to step and do what, they, what the sin is making them do. And he's doing his absolute best and trying to, like, the people that do terrible things, I'm sure they had a million thoughts to that point of, like, man, I, don't, I shouldn't do this, blah, 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 whatever. And they did it anyways. Right? So that means without the Lord, man, men would be just brute beasts drive right off a cliff. They would. Seriously. We have, to, we have to realize that. We have to be thankful for that. Because the Lord is working a lot more than you realize in people. And there's still a lot of evil in the world. And that's crazy. <clears throat> so if the enemy had his way, it would be, it would be hell. For sure. So we have to understand this truth right here. Like Michelle was saying. Is what the father thinks about you. Is he, he thinks that you're his you're his kids and he wants you to come to them or he wants you to come to him. Right? If, if I mean, it's Father's Day. If, if, if Valor's struggling with something and I already told him or taught him how to do it and he's still struggling with it, I'm not going to be the dad that's just like, yeah, I already told you this a hundred times. Why are you still struggling with it? I want, I want the relationship to walk with him. I want the, I want the, I want to enjoy being a father to him. I want to enjoy being a father to him and teach him and grow him and show him. So that when he gets in that situation again, he'll be able to see it and say, I know the right answer. And I know my father's for me and with me in the situation. And it can empower him to do it. Because he knows that if, there's a, if there is a need, I'm there for him. Always. Right? That's really, that's really a comforting that when you get into a problem, because the Holy Spirit abides with you forever, that when you can go and then if there's a need for help, he'll be there to help, right? Like Valerie, so this is so funny. Tyler and Cassie were over. We're sitting on my front porch. And my front porch is like, it's a two by six. So it's like six inches off the, the concrete and, or the, the sidewalk and whatever. So he's up there and he knows how to get down from that stuff. And... Um, we're like standing there <laughs> and he's like comes over to the edge and I'm like, hey, hey, you know what you're doing? So then he like, he gets down like this to like, to turn around and scoot and I'm like, okay. And just straight head first under the concrete and I caught him. It was the sweetest dad save. If I had a video, it would have been aw. But I caught him upside down on his shoulders and his head was like that far from the ground and then flipped him and then he cried because it scared his lights out of him. Because Cassidy was like, he knows what he's doing. I'm like, I know he does. So I'm like watching him. So I kind of just, I let him do it. Because I'm like, I know, what you, I know you know how to do this. And I've taught you how to do this. He flips over head first. Seriously, I'm talking like head, head first onto the concrete. And I caught his head like inches before on his shoulders. And flipped him just like that and caught him. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But I'm like, that's a perfect example of what it looks like to walk with Jesus. Because he trusts that he, you know how to do it. And then if you need him, he's there to catch you. Right? You might realize and think it's actually super scary, but he caught you. Because he's not going to let you hit your head because he's a good father. And he's a present father. 
right? I'm not sitting in the lazy boy <laughs> hanging out, right? Barking orders from the lazy boy. I'm a present father. I'm with him forever because he's my son because he's the one that made me a father. You understand that? God was not a father until he had children. Right? Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. He was the firstborn. So Jesus, the father became a father with the person of Jesus so that we could all become children of God again. So the only way that God can be a father is if you let him be a father to you. That's a good word right there. It's a really good word. Is there any more questions on that? So we're going to finish. We're going to baptize Jojo and anyone else that would like to. <clears throat> but I want us to see this. I want us to see that. Can, can you guys just come? Can the whole team come? Jojo, are you dressed accordingly right now? Adria, are you getting dressed accordingly? <laughs> One more scripture and this is what we'll finish with. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 2, I meant. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by the putting off, by the putting off, by putting off of the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead man and you being dead in your trespasses in the in the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses if you don't have it underlined you should under, underline all in your bible having past tense forgiven you all trespasses 
having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us and has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So what the Lord does in, an, in, in water baptism is he takes the body of the sins of the flesh and he cuts it away like circumcision. He cuts away what was so that what is is now revealed in your heart. Does that make sense? He takes away what the, the sin, the uncircumcision of your flesh, the, the body of sins, and he cuts it away because we, we allow him to in faith, right? That's why I say JoJo's in the water because of faith. So she's baptized because of faith. She's believing that God has made her clean. So in her faith, the Lord cuts away everything that ever was, all the sins, all the mistakes, all the handwriting of requirements, and, she, and he cuts it away so that the newness of her heart that he created her into is now revealed. Right? Buried with him in baptism and raised with him in the working of God. So we're buried with Christ when we're baptized, but we're also raised with Christ when we come out. Right? We die with Jesus because we believe in him, but now we also get to live with Jesus like he, like he lives. Right? We're not, just, we're not just staying in the water. We're not just saying, like, we died to that. No, we get to live a life now with him. We get to live a life now with him, understanding that we're with him and we're in him and that our old man is dead. Man, we should be thankful for that. We should keep that as our understanding and keep that as our reality. That man, every single day, we live a life that where our body, the body of sins, the mistakes, all trespasses, all sins have been cut away, washed away, forgiven in the person and the sacrifice of Jesus. And now I get to live the life of the resurrection to where I can live free from all that other stuff. So now when you have, a, when you have something that comes against you, when you have a thought or a temptation or a memory or whatever from the past, or something telling you that you're not free or forgiven, you can say, man, I was washed clean. I was circumcised with the circumcision of Christ. I was free, made free and forgiven of everything that I've ever done. And now, right now, I get to enjoy the freedom that I carry. That's a good day. That's the gospel. And man, it should burn in our hearts forever because now we get to enjoy, like Jared said, because of forgiveness, we get to enjoy the, the life that we get to live with him. And where there is forgiveness, there is always intimacy. Where there's not an understanding of forgiveness, there's never intimacy. Man, y'all, that's sweet. That's sweet. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna baptize Jojo and anyone else that wants to be baptized. We're going to have the worship team sing a song. And I want everybody in the crowd to ask the Lord specifically for anything that you see for Jojo and anyone else that wants to be baptized. Welcome. For anyone else that is baptized and you say, all right, Father, what do you want to say to Jojo? So when she comes out of the water, she can hear the Lord speaking over her which will sustain her through her life. Does that make sense? If you get something, I want you to catch her. 
share it with her, write it down. Actually, I want you to write it down on something. Write it down, if you have her number, text it to her so that she has it and she sees what the Lord's speaking over her, right? Because you want to hear what the Father has to say about you. When the storm comes, that's where it will sustain you. Does that make sense? So when we're in there, I want you to really be like, all right, Father, is there anything that you want to say over her? And just prophesy over her, share things about, share things about who she's created to be, who she's been made to. Is that cool? All right, would you guys stand with me? We'll have the team keep playing. Ready, JoJo? I didn't change any of my other stuff. I'm debating whether I just let Adrian do it.
what you've accomplished in us. Father, we thank you for what you did in your son in making us new. We thank you that it was your heart and your passion that we be made new and become one with you and be free from sin, free from who we were so that we can live a life worthy of the gospel, live a life walking and living and loving relationship with you. Man, Father, I pray that you just keep that that desire and that passion for who you are and what you've done in our hearts, Father. Let us not become dull and numb to it. Father, let us not be apathetic in Jesus' name. Man, Father, put fire in our hearts and teach us how to sustain it and contain it. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We give her a hand one more time. It's a good day. <clears throat> Thank you guys for being a part of it. Thank you guys for being here. We love you guys. Um, like I said, if you have anything for her, share it with her. Write it down so that she has it. Thanks for being a community that is passionate for Jesus. We love y'all. In Jesus' name.